This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You're about to listen to the re-released Bananas for Bonanza Episode 2, which was recorded live at the Theater at the Ace Hotel in Los Angeles as part of the 2018 PCAST Blast Podcast Festival. This is Andy Daly. Hello. Here on this free feed, I'll be re-releasing all the back episodes of Bananas for Bonanza one every other week. If you want to hear new episodes ad-free, please subscribe to my Patreon at patreon.com slash andydaily. The entire Bananas for Bonanza archive is also waiting for you there, and you can access lots and lots of bonus content. So do that. Okay, thank you. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, from the heart of the West, the one and only... Dalton Wilcox! Look at this goddamn room full of motherfucking city slickers. Every goddamn one of you is a goddamn city slicker by definition because this is a fucking city. Is that so hard to understand? You're in a city. Everything you do here is by definition city slicking. You may say to yourself, I don't think I'm slicking. Well, fuck it. You're in a city. It's slicking. These are dangerous levels of city slicking that are going on in here. But we shall persevere nonetheless. Look at all those sons of bitches up there. <laughs> Hot damn, it's you I like the least. <laughs> well, folks, for those of you who don't know me, I am the Poet Laureate of the West. 
That's a big round of applause for poetry. You don't hear that often. I am America's foremost most celebrated chronicler of the wit and wisdom of the West. I am also the author of the very good book, You Must Buy Your Wife At Least As Much Jewelry As You Buy Your Horse and Other Poems and Observations, Humorous and Otherwise from a Life on the Range. If you thought that was good, I'm also the author of the equally good follow-up, You Still Have to Buy Your Wife At Least As Much Jewelry As You Buy Your Horse and Even More Poems and Additional Observations, Humorous and Otherwise, From a Life Still Being Lived on the Range, by Dalton Wilcox, who also wrote the last book. It is not uncommon for an author to have to read off of a piece of paper the title of his book which he cannot commit to memory no matter how hard he tried this afternoon. <laughs> Not uncommon at all. <laughs> Folks, in addition to those things I just told you about myself, I am also an aspiring podcaster. I've taken two bites at that apple with a podcast called uh, The Wit and Wisdom of the West, which was uh, the best podcast of all time. <laughs> but it did not get picked up to a regular series because of City Slickin'. I have also made another pilot, which was titled Bananas for Bonanza. Well, guess fucking what? This is unprecedented, folks, but we have had a chance to make a second episode of Bananas for Bonanza. And it's happening live tonight here in this very goddamn room. And you're here for it. You probably figured that part out. All right. We're going to do it now. I mean, that's fucking unbelievable and really exciting and incredible because Bonanza is the greatest goddamn television show that ever flickered across the television. And uh, I am Bananas for it. See, that's where the title comes from. Now you get it. Folks, if there's one thing you know about me, it is that I am a, a collector and chronicler of the wit and wisdom of the West and author of those two books that I mentioned and uh, the uh, Pile Boy, Poet Laureate of the West. That's one thing. <laughs> if there's two things you know about me, the second one is that I am very unfortunately plagued by vampires. <laughs> and also mummies. And Frankensteins. And invisible men and women. And creatures from lagoons of all colors. All colors and creeds. <laughs> yes, folks, I'm just one of those guys that is constantly being attacked by monsters. And because of that, I am hyper-vigilant about monsters because I have to be. And so I just want to get something out of the way uh, in case I seem a bit rattled tonight. The fact is, on my way here tonight, I encountered a werewolf. Yeah, that's the appropriate response. <laughs> a few people over here expressed outrage and concern. That's right, a goddamn werewolf. I'm gonna tell you what happened real quick. I was cutting through a parking lot and I seen a fella, look, regular looking fella, who is all hunched over and coughing and wheezing, just like they do before their fangs pop out. And I put my hands on my six guns, which are not allowed in this theater, terrible judgment. And I walked right up to him and I looked him right in the eyes and he said to me, allergies. Just like a fucking werewolf. 
chapter and verse. So I put a silver bullet in his heart. But here's the scary part. It's not even a full moon tonight. Those motherfuckers are turning into wolves whenever they goddamn please. You let that sink in. Well, all right, folks, with that unpleasantness out of the way, I think we ought to get right on to discussing episode two of Bonanza. What do you say, folks? Bananas for Bonanza. And man, oh man, I have an incredible panel for you tonight. I mean, in case you were worried that all these chairs were gonna remain empty, they're not. I thought to myself, should I fuck around or not? And I decided, no, God damn it, I can't afford to fuck around. I got a second bite at the apple, this shit's gotta be good. So I brought an incredible panel here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, from the only good country western band in the world, Mutt Taylor is here tonight from the Journeyman. Mutt Taylor. Oh, shit. God damn it, it's good to see you. Oh, son of a bitch. Yeah. That's Mutt Taylor. He didn't come here to fuck around either. Fucking around even, even in my vocabulary. <laughs> well, don't add it, my friend. Also here to discuss this episode, ladies and gentlemen, another wonderful cowboy poet, our dear friend, Sally Jasper. Uh, Sally Jasper's here. <laughs> hi, y'all. Hi, y'all. Oh. oh, shoot. Oh, Hot shoot. shoot. Hell, how are you? Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Thanks oh, for Sally. having me. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm, I wouldn't have anybody else except for the rest of the guests. <laughs> have that, yourself a seat here. Oh, thank you. Oh, you oh this is the biggest theater I've ever seen. Yeah, it's huge, isn't it's it? It's huge. It's too big. I, don't, I think it's structurally unsound. <laughs> Look at these city folk wearing shirts with slogans I don't understand. Yeah, the wardrobe out here is unacceptable. Yeah. That does remind me, this oh. comes from the Mutt Taylor collection at Buffum's department store. It's tighten the saddle and loosen the paddle. <laughs> I think he's talking about his dick. All right, folks. Oh, shoot. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, also from the journeyman, please welcome Shut McGuffin. It's good to see you this Yuletide season. Let's get naked and have ourselves a here to now party. <laughs> oh, man. This crowd is excited to see Shunt McGuffin. Look at that handshake. That's oh, straight man. out of the West. <laughs> that's, that's so you check if they've got daggers in their sleeves. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You're damn right. You notice none of us is sitting with our backs to the exits. Mm -mm. We're not dumb. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, also from the goddamn journeyman, here comes Cubby Lauderborn! <laughs> Howdy! <laughs> Hi, Cubby. Howdy. 
All right. Be nice to Cubby. He's simple country folk. Well, uh, that's a pretty good panel. Uh, Bartleby Mulcahy wanted to be here tonight, but it uh, turns out he is just too damn old. <laughs> he called in old. He said he did. He did. He did. Finally he sent us a him. telegram <laughs> saying, <laughs> I'm too old. Yeah. Stop. He says, I caught, <laughs> I caught a look at my driver's license, and if these numbers are right, I ain't going anywhere. <laughs> It was somehow printed in a real scratchy telegram writing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's how. Because yeah, he's, he's a real old cowboy, Bartleby Mulcahy. Anyway, he's not here. We don't need to talk about him. <laughs> you might notice we've got one more chair left here tonight. And this is, this is my pride and joy, folks. <laughs> this is my absolute pride and joy. You might know, if you've listened to uh, either of my other two efforts of making a podcast, that my books, the titles of which I'll spare you, were published by an incompetent publisher of books. An incompetent publisher of books. And now, you can't just invite this guy to come on a Dalton Wilcox podcast because he will not arrive. He doesn't like me very much because from time to time I point out to him how incompetent he is. But uh, so you got to kind of snooker him into coming here. Well, you're not going to believe what we did this time. Tell me. Because <laughs> this son of a bitch lives, he literally lives in New York City. <laughs> That's how much of a city slicker this oh, son of a bitch shoot. is. Literally <laughs> New York City. What it's a almost, sucker. Yeah. It's almost as bad as this, this bullshit West you're living in. Here's what we did. We kidnapped him. <laughs> I had a couple of my boys tell him, we're taking you to your wife. Apparently, his wife went missing. He thinks she was kidnapped. And so we sent a couple guys there to tell him, we're kidnapping you and bringing you your wife. And they drove him all the way out here nonstop to Los Angeles from New York City with a whole lot of speed. There was a lot of speed involved. That sounds like a plot to a Smokey and the Bandit film. <laughs> well, now, ladies and gentlemen, he is in the wings right now. Take the blindfold off and the earplugs out and push him on out here. Push out here. Ladies and gentlemen, incompetent publisher of books, Russell Shine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Dalton, <laughs> what is this? Well, you idiot, you got fooled again. Have a seat. Is... Sit down, we'll explain it all to you. Where, I... Where's my oh, wife? God only knows. <laughs> is, she, is my wife coming out here? I don't fucking know where your wife is, man. <laughs> Dalton. What? I don't know why. You insist of, first of all, yeah. <laughs> they didn't need to throw a bag over my head what? and put earplugs and a blindfold on. If, if, if we're taking you to your wife, why wouldn't I go? They taped up my wrists. Yeah. We've been driving for three days straight. I have to go to the bathroom. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't think of that. See, I hired the guys to do this mostly based on just the first question was, are you willing to drive nonstop from New York to Los Angeles on speed? And then I didn't ask any other questions. So they might not have been the best guys. But you're here in one piece, which is a surprise. You're a disturbed person. Come on now. You're, I think you. I used to think you were just crazy, oh. but now I think you're actually evil. <laughs> That's absurd. He's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I look at you, <laughs> Russell? I'm here. At... Where, what's going on? <laughs> well, well, look, it's a bunch of your wives. 
That's, that's cruel. That's cruel. Lord, let, we'll let you get, say your thing in a bit about your wife, because I know she went say missing. Say my thing. Well, she went missing a, a while ago. Isn't that correct? Yeah, that's what the police usually say is, okay, say your thing. Well, Hello, 911? Yeah. What's your thing? Yeah. Well, what I'm trying to tell you is this is your opportunity to put the word out there. She's still missing. You'd like to find her, Oh, right? thanks. Okay. Definitely the people that showed up to see you are the people I want on the case. <laughs> is there a reward? Oh, that's a good question. Yes. I don't believe we've ever asked that before. You got a reward for this wife of yours? There is a reward. I'm hesitant to say the amount in front of these people. Well, let's be perfectly clear. What you're doing is putting a dollar amount on your wife. <laughs> you're going to tell us now the precise value in dollars of your wife. Ooh. I'm dying to hear it. Thanks for the moral lecture, Thomas Aquinas. <laughs> what kind of an asshole would know who that is? <laughs> He's got a point. I'd like to throw my hat in the ring, though. I am part bloodhound for sex. <laughs> Part bloodhound for sex? Is that what you said? Yeah. So you might, fi you might partly find her and then fuck her. Yeah, well, just like a real bloodhound. Okay, then uh, no deal. <laughs> It'll probably work, though. All right, how much does it cost to find your wife? <sighs> if there is anyone that has information... If you have information okay. leading to my uh -huh. wife's whereabouts... I can offer $10,000. That's all I have. Yep. Well, the publishing house hasn't been doing so well lately. We recently had a big failure. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? One of them chicken soup for the soul type books? <laughs> <laughs> How many people are you meeting in heaven? Was it Michelle Obama's book that tanked so bad for you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, my, my... I did not get the chance to publish the former first lady's book. I was dealing with a, an unwanted second volume of horse poetry. <laughs> and Th recipes. Thinly veiled tales. Yeah, that's right. Thinly veiled tales of murder and several repeated recipes. And not to mention 80 blank pages. That's right. Folks can write their own poems. They could have done that anyway. Not without paper, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm here. I've dragged you out here tonight, number one, to ask you to try again to push those books of mine I already wrote and that you already published, but also to tell you we got a real good chance of getting Bananas for Bonanza picked up to a regular podcast. And when it is, there ought to be a companion book, don't you think so, folks? <laughs> Everything you've just said could have been covered in an email. A what? I don't write emails. I don't even know what it is. I've never heard of it before. That's the first I've ever heard of email. How do you know it's written? Because. All right, folks. <laughs> now, in the first episode of Bananas for Bonanza, we talked about the first episode of Bonanza. Is this the... Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's this? Yeah. You're doing more of that? Yeah, you're goddamn right we are. Bananas for Bonanza, episode two live. That's what you're here for. So There's it 400 got and some of these episodes. 431. They made 431 episodes of Bonanza, and we're going to do 431 episodes of this podcast right here. <laughs> That's the plan. 
That's good. You know, there's also no cure for blindness. These statistics are alarming. <laughs> the, the, the amount of work that went into 431 episodes of Bonanza. Yeah. People are still walking around with sticks. What? Yeah, what? Huh? Are you telling me someone picked up this podcast? Well, I'm telling you we got a second chance at it. If we do a real good job tonight, we'll get a chance to make more episodes okay. of Bananas what, for Bananas. What did you learn from the first one that you're going to do differently now? Oh, uh, nothing. Okay, that's what I thought. Except apparently this one has to be like half as long. Uh, <laughs> it's a step in the right direction, That's I a suppose. problem. At some point, somebody from somewhere is going to tell us when it's time to wrap it up, and I guarantee you we won't barely have talked about it. <laughs> I'll take care of that person. Don't you worry. Uh, yeah, you better take care of them. Decent chance they'd be a vampire. Did you just say you're going to murder someone? No, I said I'd take care of them. Ah! <laughs> just burn me with a cigarette. Well, you're lucky you didn't burn you twice. That's right. <laughs> Did you I, know I it's really hard to make eye contact with people because cowboy hats get in the way? <laughs> That's You're also wearing sunglasses indoors at night. I see why you don't like him. Yep. And I like... Pretty much everybody. Really? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> hey, Sally, before we get to the, yeah. meat, the meat of what we're here for, oh, yeah. you couldn't join us last time because you had an audition for a dance troupe. How did it go? <laughs> for a dance show? A dance oh, troupe. Oh, yeah, you wanted oh, to be a, a fly troupe. girl. That's I right. was trying to be a, a fly girl. Turns out yep. uh, that show's not a thing anymore, oh. uh, which is a, a big-time bummer. Because uh, I hired Rosie Perez to help me out, and she Whoa. did awesome. <laughs> I could do some cool moves. I think that might have been unethical for her to accept that offer to help you out to get a part of a thing that doesn't exist anymore. She, she would think she would tell she me, could but have mentioned it. She, could have mentioned she just it. took my $13,000 for two hours. Jesus Christ. That's it's... more than he's paying to find his wife. I know. <laughs> I know. Think about it. I guess I'm in the wrong business. I should have gone into cowboy poetry. <laughs> yeah, you should have. Well, it sounds like Rosie Perez took you for a room, and she was right. All right, folks. <laughs> it is time to discuss episode two of Bonanza, which is titled Death on Sun Mountain. Goddamn, this episode of Bonanza has absolutely everything. Not only is it a thrilling examination of the food supply for silver miners, but there's also Indians. Bare knuckle brawls, an exciting shootout, and a good-hearted whore. <laughs> oh, so they managed to pack in tedium, racism, and sexism. <laughs> That's what you call it. I call it damn fine television. <laughs> now, if, uh, if you don't know uh, what Bonanza is about, it's about these fellows who live out on a ranch called the Ponderosa. It's Ben Cartwright. Uh, he's their dad, and then it's the three fellows. You got Adam, Hoss and Little Joe, and they're all birthed by different mothers because Ben Cartwright just buried one after another. This is hellish. He just buried one wife after another. That's, not, that's not the only thing he was burying. What, what do you mean? Sex. <laughs> oh, He's yeah. He's a notorious sex barrier. Yeah. He was, he was burying his sex deep into their sex. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then they all died. He better quit fucking. <laughs> yeah. Well... The Cartwrights out there in the Ponderosa have themselves a problem in every one of these 431 episodes. And that is that out there in Virginia City, there's city slickers, mining tycoons, and miners who are trying to strike it rich on the Comstock load. I did a little research. 
He's dragging rich and silver, and it's just a culture clash between the ranchers and the silver miners. That's what the whole show's about. All right. I want to show you a clip from uh, this episode of Bonanza. The episode starts where the Cartwrights have found out that the Paiute Indians are stealing their cattle. And they co- and by the way, the plot of this episode is fucking complicated. <laughs> the Paiute Indians are stealing <laughs> are stealing cattle off the Ponderosa, and the Cartwrights confront the Paiutes. And in this clip, y'all, there's several things I want you to observe. Number one, the writers of this show really know how to write Indian dialogue. <laughs> oh my God. Number two, Ben Cartwright really knows how to talk to an Indian. <laughs> and no, number three, they did a fantastic job of casting Chief Winnemucca. <laughs> Those are the three things I hope you'll appreciate as we watch this clip from Death on Sun Mountain. Now, we can't see it because the screen is directly above our heads. Yeah, that's bad. That's a problem. You might wanna, we might want to come and stand up. and. Walk. I'm not bad. missing this. <laughs> oh, it's a good idea. I like what you're doing. It's like a picnic. Yep. All right. That's slightly awkward. <laughs> oh, I didn't need to bring my chair. Blocking the audience view of it. Roll the clip, Cody. And this is it. They just stand there frozen. Nope. Oh, look at that, a technical problem. You knew it was going to happen to us. Yeah, like a move. Swiss watch being smashed with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> How much does that cost? To smash a Swiss watch with a hammer? Yeah. You can do it for free. Because <laughs> let me save you the trouble. I'll, I'll give you a thumbnail sketch of the scene, okay? <laughs> okay. Red man bad, white man good. <laughs> is that about sum it up? <laughs> hey, what the fuck is that? Well, look. (laughs) You know how they say the best laid plans of mice and men can sometimes go awry? So can the half-assed plans. Who's who's they who say that? Oh, who's they who say that? Now, where'd that quote come from, do you think? I believe it came from uh, Barbie Mulcahy. They came up with that. Uh You trying to catch me knowing a Scottish poet? All right, folks. Because I don't. Which Scottish poet don't you know? None of them. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now a few uh, great quotes from this scene that we cannot watch. <laughs> I'm assuming we won't be able to watch any of the four scenes I have queued up for us to watch. No, probably the other three will work just fine. <laughs> Maybe that first scene is haunted. <laughs> could be, could be. Listen to what Ben Cartwright says to this Indian, and this will give you an idea of how, what, how skilled he is. Me, Ben Cartwright. <laughs> Completely wrong. Chief of Ponderosa. <laughs> totally wrong. He says to Chief Winnemucca, the Washoe antelope herds have fed the Paiutes since the long ago dream time. <laughs> how I wish we could enjoy Lauren Green saying that. <laughs> but he does kind of say it's slower and with, like, yes. an affectation that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> he says it slowly and poetically. 
And then Winnemucca says, even now, Winnemucca is called woman by my young men around the council fires. Winnemucca is no woman. He thinks of his people. <laughs> Tough luck, ladies. <laughs> Boy, I really thought he was going to be able to watch those clips. <laughs> Guess I'm going to describe the episode. <laughs> Here's the deal. The Paiute Indians are stealing the cattle off the Ponderosa. Why? Because the antelope that they normally live on are being hunted by the miners. Why? Because there's a son of a bitch city slicker <laughs> uh, named Mark Burdett out there in Virginia City who is hunting the elk mm -hmm. to sell it to the miners for like $10 a pound, which is apparently... Which I a, feel back then is like a million dollars. Yes, that's right. Right? That's it so was. much money. It was. Did I say elk? I'm an antelope. Yeah, I was going to say, did the elk hunting impact the antelope in some way? <laughs> and is this the same Mark Burnett who produces Survivor and Apprentice? <laughs> I had the same question, friend, because I was going to say that some bitch knows. I television. hate to tell you, it's yeah. Mark Burdett. He's I'm annoyed right. that I paid attention and retained that knowledge. Why do you <laughs> hate to tell us that? You like correcting people, corduroy. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For the folks at home, he's wearing a corduroy jacket. <laughs> oh, they heard him walk in. Mark Burdett, who, as we've established, went on to produce The Apprentice. <laughs> Thank you. Has an evil henchman, fellow by the name of Early Thorn. <laughs> Early Thorn. Early Thorn. What a great name that is. It's a, it's a hot name. Yeah. It's a good name. What's That's, Early Thorn's background? Er, well, I'll tell you all Scotch about Irish? <laughs> well, I can't answer that aspect of it, but I'll tell you what the... Uh, uh, because this... Uh, look... <laughs> There's so many scenes and so much dialogue in this episode. Anything you might be curious about, I guarantee you they cover it. <laughs> so this episode contains multiple scenes and a lot of dialogue. Yeah, I thought it was going to be all bare knuckle brawls and cowboying. But uh, early Thorn broke Mark Burdett out of prison by killing a prison guard. And that is why Mark Burdett is now indebted to early Thorn and can't tell him to do shit. I zoned out for all of that while watching it. I know. And it's, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, had I had no idea. Watch it a couple of times, but I really <laughs> thought we'd watch, be able to watch these clips. Can we watch these? <laughs> Go on and try one more time to watch that clip. I, I think. How are we looking? Just give me a thumbs up or down, and uh, it's thumbs down. We're going to kill the slaves. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you get a thumb? Yeah, it was all the way down. Wait a minute. Those couple are of funny. minutes. We're working on it. Oh, it's just, we know what the problem is. It will only take a couple minutes to fix. <laughs> it's a time issue. You got somewhere to be? Huh, what? At home in New York? <laughs> Good luck. We're doing you a favor, keeping you out of goddamn New York. What's going on in New York these days, by the way? Uh, my life, where I live. <laughs> Not being here. <laughs> Look, here's something I'm going to tell you right now. Right now, we're in two more minutes. 
two minutes. <laughs> the character Mark Burdett in this episode is played by an actor named Barry Sullivan. Now, you go ahead and look him up on the computer. I'm good. <laughs> he has been in a million television shows, like literally a million television shows, but in every one of them, he's only in one episode. Nobody ever had him back. <laughs> they didn't have him back once. And here might be I know a guy like that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's who you're thinking of either. This guy I know really well. (laughs) It can't be. But I think I know why. Because this son of a bitch, if you scroll down to the movies... This son of a bitch starred in a movie called Planet of the Vampires. <laughs> oh, boy. Right? Right. Now, if you pick up somebody's resume and it says that he's been to a planet of vampires, you don't hire that motherfucker. Mm-mm. What, if, no. what, what if you have a concept of movies? <laughs> <laughs> would that make a difference? Not to my knowledge. Or would you think this is this guy's travel history? Oh, I see you've been to the planet of vampires. <laughs> Did you get a sticker for your steamer trunk? That is what I'd ask him right before I stuck a stick of wood in his heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, before you yeah. murdered him. Killed a vampire. Well, we've got a little time here. Tomato Cubby. murder. <laughs> Cubby, how are things going over at the Mazda dealership? I know We're you're great. <laughs> I put you in a CX-7 for just $12,000 down. That is, again, more than he'll pay for his wife. It's not that I have more money than that. This is the most I can give. No, it's just you value your wife less than a Mazda CX-7. You're you're characterizing, what is this, the the new title for your book? from Rosie Perez. You're you're mischaracterizing this. You must value your wife at a higher cash value than a Mazda CX-7 or a dance lesson from Rosie Perez. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that you got to figure out how to make it special, your offer. Get a loan, sell your house, because she's not going to want to come back when she hears $10,000. I promise you that. I'm, I think not, that's right. I'm not trying to pay her to come back. I'm, you I should. Have you tried that? Yeah. Because I'm going to tell you something. Here's the thing. Now, that woman is going to remember how much you offered to get her back. Mm. And what's going to be happening is, is if you get into an argument three years down the road, she's going to remember how much you paid to get her back. And that's going to keep coming up. Why why don't you go back to sleep? Because I I crushed up some Adderall before I came out here. How long have the fight been captivated? The Washoe Antelope and Holy shit, the clip! Oh, boy! Oh, oh, I thought you were going to hold on a pot full of gold bonanza with a horse and a saddle and a range full of cattle out. Rich Sickened without food. What say you, Winnemucca? Washoe Antelope herds have fed the Paiute since the long ago dream time. The diggers of Sun Mountain eat antelope, while the pots of the Paiute are empty. They are but three head, the weakest of the Ponderosa herd. Tukwa cannot see his people starve. What's the matter with you, Tukwa? The Cartwrights let the Paiutes starve? Why didn't you ask us? The Paiute is a man. He does not beg. Even now, Winnemucca is called woman by my young men around the council fires. Winnemucca is no woman. He thinks of his people. 
The ways of peace are good ways. All right, that'll do it. Well, <laughs> wait a minute. Let's not go anywhere. Let's watch the. Da- I want to go right into the next clip because it's we've, it's been a little time between. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what happens at the very end of this scene. Ben Cartwright says, we're going to Virginia City and we're going to settle this thing. Why? Because these guys just need to get involved in shit. (laughs) And when they get to Virginia City, this is how the show tells us what a crazy fucking city Virginia City is. This is the very first thing we see of it. Let's roll that second clip. (laughs) That was John Sutter's California. All right, let's go. Virginia City. <laughs> this isn't. Oh, here we. All right, there you go. What a crazy fucking tower of Babel is Virginia City. You got a goddamn Chinese guy talking to an Indian in Chinese language. (laughs) There's no way that Chinese, that Indian is picking up any of that, right? Stay out of Virginia City. (laughs) Let's not watch it. I gotta, I gotta ask you. All right. I feel like as you're watching this show. Yeah. Okay. You don't really know the difference between reality and things that are not reality. I don't understand what you're saying. You seem genuinely mad at the Chinaman. <laughs> yeah. Well, what the fuck is he yelling at that red Indian for? You, now, first of all, I'm beginning to see the hierarchy in your mind. <laughs> but then also... Well, the one is a noble savage okay, and the okay, other is okay. a Chinaman. Let's, let's, let's... let's Are there ghosts out there? <laughs> you, you know it's a TV show. It's all pretend. What it's are you? Not, what are you? Which which are you saying is a TV? Which is a TV show? Bonanza. You know it's not real. Well, is it? No, it's not. But is it? But no, it's not. Well, there really was a Virginia City. There really was a Chief Winnemucca. There's such a thing as Chinaman. <laughs> Sounds like a show to me. Sounds real to me. We agree. I don't think you do. (laughs) All I'm saying is stay out of Virginia City. (laughs) To who? Virginia. From that train song. (laughs) Stay with me. I have no choice. I can get out of this one. (laughs) That one guy from the, the train band who sings Meet Virginia, met Virginia in Virginia City. She broke his heart. He stayed and said, get out of Virginia City. Stay with me. (laughs) Let me go. Let's move on to that third clip. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We should move on to the third clip. Uh, oh. All right. Thank you. Here we go. That's little Joe. And that's early Thorn yeah, right there. Talking to you, you murdering little skunk. Oh, yeah. Now we got a bare knuckle brawl. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Yep. Now watch how this bare knuckle brawl ends. You're going to like this. This is good filmmaking. Check this out. Oh, stay down, little Joe. Stay down. He won't stay down. He's a cartwright. Get up. Tip. Nine. Check this out. Here we go. That's good filmmaking. He punched all of us in the face. <laughs> and now we're mad. We're mad at Early Thorn, right? You can feel it in the pit of your stomach. We want to go out. We, we might just, at the end of this show, all get together and run out there and find that son of a bitch. <laughs> we might just do that. You should. May I say that that little Joe Cartwright yep. is a hunk. Oh, well. He's... He's hot. Yeah. Did you see the part where he is propositioned by the whore? Oh, I watched that 20 times. <laughs> she walks out of the Bucket of Blood Saloon with two fellas. They obviously had a three-way, the right? The Bucket of For Blood sure. Saloon. The Bucket For of sure. Blood Saloon. And she's got two fellas with her. Now, the, the obvious connotation there is it was a three-way. For sure. Yeah. For yeah. sure. And I guess that just ended yeah. up on the cutting room floor because it's a, yeah. a busy episode. <laughs> It's a three-way at least. I mean, we know there were at least three There's people, least if three. not a whole but you're posse. But the, you're under the impression they filmed the three-way. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure, for oh, sure. Yeah. Clear, and then cut for it sure. for time. For it's sure. very clear when you watch it. The, the way they walk out of there, it's obvious we were meant to have seen the three-way. Sure. But they just didn't have time for it. But, but probably on the DVD extra. <laughs> By the way, Sally, this might be a good time. I have literally no idea how long we've been out here. Oh, yeah? You, you, are... you could tell me it was an hour and 20 minutes. I wouldn't be surprised. Or you could mm-hmm. tell me it was a day and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm more inclined to agree with that one. Those are the only two times I would believe. But, we... Sally, I know that you have prepared a poem for us. I have. I, told, I have. I was inspired by episode two of Bonanza. Yep. To write a poem. Well, that's beautiful. And we are so lucky to have a, a, a true cowboy poetry reading here tonight. Thank you. Thank well, all right. You. Well, take it away, Sally Jesper. My poem is titled, If I Could. <clears throat> if I could go back to 1959 and see you for the first time, I would. If I could go to undergrad and study mathematics, I would. If I could graduate with honors, then get into a good grad school to study engineering, I would. If I could then get hired to work at SpaceX, I would. If I could create a friendship and gain the trust of Elon Musk 
so I could then use a bunch of his equipment without him asking what I'm doing, I would. If I could somehow discover a way to mess with the space-time continuum, I would. If I could pull a Doc Brown and create a time machine using a DeLorean that needs to go 88 miles per hour with 1.21 gigawatts in order to travel back in time to 1959, I would. If I could land on the set of Bonanza and pretend to be a background extra, I would. If I could approach him with confidence as he sucks on his cigarettes in between takes and tell him that after we rap, I want to wrap my legs around him, I would. <clears throat> if I could have just two hours with young, hot Michael Landon, he has permission to do absolutely anything he wants to me. I'm talking anything. Even if it's him whipping me and being mean to me like that one guy in that movie franchise that a bunch of older women are horny for, I would. <clears throat> if I could kiss young, hot Michael Landon goodbye as I step into my DeLorean and speed away, then disappear, leaving young, hot Michael Landon questioning his sanity, I would. If I could, I would but I can't. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. That is absolutely beautiful. Thank you. You're going to get that in the city. Huh? I mean, honestly, that's the best one of these I've ever heard. Okay. See that? There's not a non-horny eye in the house. <laughs> I second that. After listening to that, that oh, was good, beautiful. Good. Sally. I hope I made everybody a little hard and a little wet. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful Thank goal you. and beautifully Thank stated. You. It's all Michael Landon. He's fucking hot. <laughs> it truly blew my mind. <laughs> There's a reason they call him Highway to Heaven. Ah. <laughs> What's the reason? Okay. Stay with oh, me. Oh, boy. <laughs> There's this woman named Heaven, and she's in a band called Bus. Stay with me. And that bus goes up to Heaven, right? Let me go. <laughs> yeah, in my opinion, he's a little too pretty for the uh, country. They would have uglied him up at some oh, point. Oh, yeah. Give anyway, him some scars. Anyway, a few other things I want to point out about this episode, because I have to believe time is wasting. <laughs> it's getting away from us. Uh, the, the whore's name is Glory, which rhymes with hoary, and that's not a coincidence. <laughs> These writers are operating on multiple different Also, levels. the idea of, like, a glory hole. Right. Yep, yep, that's yep. That's nasty. Yep. A little yep. Joe rhymes yep. with little hoe. <laughs> Does that mean anything? <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. That's, that's so dumb. Uh, there is only... Oh, no, there's two instances in this episode where a woman gets hit. Mm -hmm. And uh, that makes uh, two for two episodes of Bonanza where women get hit. <laughs> that, we might as well keep a running tally of that. At one point, Mark Burdett hits her, and then, uh, and then she says that she's glad it happened, so I don't want to hear from any feminists. <laughs> 
I bet you're not in any danger. <laughs> and then later, Early Thorn hits her, and Mark Burdett says, don't you hit her again, because that's his job. Uh, I don't think we need to play the last clip. But uh, look, look, folks, because you guys have been pretty good tonight, uh, well, here's what I'll do. Why don't I do this? We'll go around, go around the horn and uh, tell me your impressions of this episode of Bonanza. We're figuring out the format of the show. Oh, I'm not supposed to touch you now? Are we on? I didn't realize we were on touching terms. We now. are. We're just a couple of pa- just a couple of pals. <laughs> yeah, just a couple of two cowpokes hanging out by the old hitching post. <laughs> That's you and me, pal. Hot damn! Hey, you know what? Can we watch the trailer for Planet of the Vampires? <laughs> did Did you bring the trailer for Planet of the Vampires? No. Well, then you're probably not going to see it. What do you I mean? think everyone's I think everyone's okay. Oh, it's here! Let's prepare for a landing, right? Okay. In a 40G gravity atmosphere, strange thing happens to man's body and mind. Barry Sullivan and Norma Bengel take you into the most fantastic science fiction adventure ever filmed. Emergency! Emergency! Conditions desperate. Little chance of survival. Help us. Mark, look! What have you got? The galleon. Bert, get me a fix on this right now. Wes, Brad, controls. Planet of the Vampires. Harboring a form of life worse than death. Planet of the Bloodless. Creatures who take men's bodies, but attack like vampires. I'll tell you this, if there are any intelligent creatures on this planet, they're our enemies. In this outer space world, the living dead try to escape into life. Salas. No, just his body. And I'm just one of many beings on this planet. And we're fighting to survive. It's imperative that our race continue to exist. We arranged for several of you to kill each other so that we could take over your bodies. This might be the whole movie. You are our last chance. No, never. We'll all of us give up our lives to save our own race. Yeah, get him, get him, get him. That's not the end. All right, that'll do. That'll do. And eye stopping. It's described as eye stopping. That movie is going to stop your goddamn eyes. That looks real good. All right. Well, folks, stay away from the planet of the vampires if you can at all help it. All right. Let's go around the horn real quick. Let's get some impressions from you of this episode of Bonanza. Hoo-wee! If I had to pick between... Watching that movie or the second episode of Bonanza, I'm going to pick the second episode of Bonanza. 
Hot damn. <laughs> Thanks, Cubby. I would have picked uh, I would have picked the second episode of Bonanza 2 because that movie just looked like everybody, like that fellow was hiding uh, scrambled eggs on his face. Another fellow was hiding a steak in his shirt. I didn't know what the hell they were talking about. Is that a trait of vampires hiding yeah. food? Yeah, it looks. Uh, <laughs> is, is that I'm a asking. trait? I'm asking. Because I don't know. Oh, yeah. A vampire will definitely hide food. Son of a bitch. Uh, Absolutely. If you're why? Looking, to what end? To what end? They, they don't eat food. That's why right. Why are they hiding food? Well, as a matter of goddamn fact, it has happened to me on multiple occasions that I'll be in a restaurant and it's taken my food so damn long to get to the table that it's got to be a vampire. Do you have, do you have any evidence that's not first-person anecdotal? Vampires hide food so humans can't eat it so they get come out for food at night, yeah. fucker. The, the humans come out for food at night. Yeah, because they're hungry. So, like, vampires come out at night. The humans are also, now it is time for us to feast on food. Yeah, if their like- food has been hid from the day at night, them's right. hungry, they're going to go out and get food. So, during the day, they just sit around in the empty food houses saying maybe at night there'll be food outside. It's like the opposite of a mouse trap where you put cheese on it. This is what you take it away and people go looking for. It makes sense. Yeah. I think you're having a hard time understanding this on purpose. A vampire will hide food during the day so that night you've got to come looking for it. Now he can get you. And he'll hide eggs on his face. Makes sense. Just like in that movie. I have a question. Fine. What is Bonanza? Because at the end of the episode, they yeah. refer to it as something. Well, you're right. I'll, and that, I don't know what it is. So, uh, Mark Burdett dies. And, uh, <laughs> so, spoiler, rest Natural peace. causes? Uh, no, as a matter of fact, oh. he is shot to death by Early Thorn because he tries to defend glory. Oh, I, I thought maybe they were going to wrap it up six feet under style. And you'd see how everyone... everyone don't you spoil this. In their old don't, I have not seen that show. Yeah. Don't spoil it. Six feet under? Yes. You're going to love it. What kind of an asshole has HBO? <laughs> How did you know it was on HBO? I didn't. <laughs> In the end, Adam says, he came here to strike a witch, find a bonanza, and now he's dead. And she says, oh, he found it. He found his bonanza just as he died, and that's better than never finding it at all. His bonanza was love. Oh. The love of a whore. <laughs> a bonanza is uh, finding silver in uh, the con- in the in the ground. You, oh, go, you find okay. silver, you go bonanza. Oh, okay. Which you uh, you guys would know if any one of you had ever found any silver. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. Look, here's what's going. Okay. Did you have a reflection? You asked. A no, question. it was, was truly just what is a bonanza. That's fine. What are your thoughts about this episode of Bonanza, um, Russell Shine? I guess uh, not having seen the episode, but having seen episodes of Bonanza over the years, my review would probably be this is dated garbage that should be flushed down a toilet. Are you describing yourself? Come on now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was like, uh, I mean, you just lobbed that one up and I had to. No, I sure did. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mutt Taylor, any reflections on this episode of Bonanza? Godfather 2, The Empire Strikes Back, Bonanza Season 2. Enough said. Hear, hear. All right, folks, I'm going to read you a poem. (laughs) 
because it's getting to be Christmas season, and I thought to myself, oh, shit, I once wrote a poem about Christmas. What, what do you think is the official start of Christmas season? <laughs> Christmas season seems to start yeah, about it's, August. It's, it's December 15th. Yeah, right. So you're saying it's getting to be that. It's almost Christmas season. It's getting to be. I believe Christmas season begins midnight on Christmas Day. This poem is called Ebenezer Wilcox. A round of applause. It worked. See, now what I do is I edit out the part where I demanded it. All right. Don't forget to edit that part out, too. Oh, that's gone, too, and so is what you said. It was Christmas time out in the West, the time of year cowboys liked the best. But I had had a real hard year and was not filled with Christmas cheer. I'd lost 20 head of cattle to a vampire attack. And a mummy had been posing as my ranch hand, Bobby Jack. I was feeling set upon, overwhelmed, and very weary, all of which is the opposite of feeling Christmas cheery. And I know what happens when a man feels this way, when Christmas comes and he is not gay. So I kept my ears out for those three Christmas spirits. If a ghost tried to come at me, I'd damn surely hear it. And sure enough, a ghost, a ghost, a ghost, a ghost, a ghost. The thing next to vampires and mummies and various other monsters that a cowboy fears the most. It came a-haunting me about things in my past, like the time I ran over a Mexican family because I was drunk driving too fast. Yes, he came in the form of Sheriff Ben McBride saying, Boo, come with me and vehicular homicide. <laughs> this ghost had a warrant for the crime of hit and run, and he got the action end of my Smith & Wesson gun. <laughs> I was trying to bury him when the next ghost did appear. Sorry, you were, you were burying a ghost. <laughs> That's not part of the poem, and the next line is not going to rhyme with it. What you said. <laughs> Cut that part out. Uh -huh. The ghost of Christmas present in the form of Deputy Gear. He had come to haunt me about burying Sheriff Ben. So I hit him with the shovel and began to dig again. The ghost of Christmas future was a curious passerby. Taking care of him was hard because he seemed like a real nice guy. <laughs> but after that, a strange thing don't, happened. Don't address it to me. <laughs> I mean, read it if you're going to read it, but don't. After all that stress and fear, those Christmas ghosts had done their job. I was smiling ear to ear. I told a boy to buy me the biggest goose in town. He turned out to be a were-cat, so I had to gun him down. Now you're mashing up monsters so you can kill people? It's complicated, but there's something about he kind of looked like a cat. But it's shaping up to be the greatest Christmas of them all. So from the heart of the West comes a cheerful cry, Merry Christmas, one and all. You see that? Now, you've got to admit that's a damn fine poem, and that's dedicated to the loving memory of Sheriff Ben McBride and 
and his deputy gear, and I didn't catch the other guy's name. All right. Dalton, I'll give you this. Yes. You're walking around free. It's amazing. <laughs> well, you got to keep moving. And speaking of keeping moving, ladies and gentlemen, I said at the beginning of this episode, well, I didn't say it, but I meant to, that if you behaved yourself, you'd get a musical performance at the end of this show. And even without that warning, you wouldn't behave yourselves anyway. Well, folks, can you believe this? Holy shit, goddamn, this is really exciting. You are about to hear a goddamn musical performance by the goddamn Journeyman! This is really gonna happen. Who's coming out to the stage now? We got Tits Hanrahan and Thumper Collins and Bruce Calhoun and Pris Monroe. Hi, Pris. How you doing? I'm going to go make sure that there's no uh, brown M&Ms in the green room, okay? <laughs> Fine with me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Russell Scheid, is that it? Are we saying goodbye to you? Wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. Hey, that son of a bitch! He done tried to escape. Well, that was dumb. I was going to give him a ride back to New York. Oh, well. <laughs> All right, folks, let's enjoy the journey. Y'all ready to go? Christmas is the season of giving A little bit more of a shit than in July Oh, I've been taking steps to quit and cigarettes But mama, I'm gonna smoke your ham tonight Christmas is a season of giving A little bit less of the syphilis than you'd like Hell, I've been taking care not to touch you there But baby, I'm gonna trim your tree tonight Old Reverend White's Tiny Tim and all Swore to your wives Tina and Perla, Maria and Yuki and Kimmy and Cammy and Sue From now on our troubles will be out of spite Christmas is the season of giving Oh, it's a Christmas is the season
Christmas is a season to give, and that's why I want you to take a look to your right. Now take a look to your left, and everybody's the same all around, whether you got brown eyes or blue, green eyes or two or one. If you've got a one, if you've got a one-eyed person sitting next to you, God bless you, you won. Look under your seat. And what else is? Season is the Christmas of giving, and that's why this song is free for you here tonight and on the Super Ego podcast feed. You can download the studio version for free, spread it around with your family and friends, your kith and your kin, and you and yours this holiday season. Shut. You look like a million dollars. You look fantastic, my dear old friend. Remember that time <laughs> we stole gold Porsches and did cocaine? You know, this is the holiday season. It's the time of year where everybody is reminded that this is the season the trees go into dormancy and that death is always just around the corner and life is a fleeting thing. Also, so are bunions and corns. Well, I happen to be wearing a ribbon tie, and that's half the way to an invitation to unwrap me and put me under the tree, friend. I'm wearing a pair of underwear, and I ain't worn anything underneath my pants since 2002. Let's take it home! Christmas is the season we can all agree that song made every other song seem like a total piece of shit. <laughs> now what I need you to do is get in touch with Earwolves.com and all the piss cast blast people and tell them <laughs> that you got to make Bananas for Bonanza a regular podcast. Because there's 429 more episodes of Bonanza and the idea of people not knowing what's in those episodes keeps me up at night. I want everybody to know everything about the exploits of Adam and Hoss and Little Joe and Ben Cartwright and all them Red Indian savages. They're native Red Indian savages, whatever we're calling them these days. 
<laughs> Folks, I just have one final special message to say before I cede the stage to whatever bullshit comes next. And that is, if anybody out there is a goddamn monster, I keep a stake of wood down my pant leg, and my six guns are filled with silver bullets, and I do not sleep. It's a problem. I don't fucking sleep. If you're a monster, I'm coming for you. Good night, folks. Good night. Thank you, Sally Jasper. Thank you, Russell Shine. He's a real good sport. And thank you to the journeyman. This is the season of Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Good night, Ace Hotel. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.